0: Well hello there and welcome to True Crime Bones, the Stella murder series, with me your host Marissa, also known as Bones. So in the previous episode, part three, we went through Zander's confessions, all three of them to be exact. The first one to be made to Chris Saunders, the private investigator, which was recorded and I played a small clip, which as you could heard quality, but we went through the transcripts, his second confession to Colonel Kochlin from Freiburg Police Station, as well as his third confession to Colonel De Lange from the Freiburg Police Station. So in today's episode, the finale, part four, we will be going through the post-mortem, as well as Zander's new version of stories, and then basically what happened, the conclusion. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, so before I get into the testimony of Dr. Els made during the trial, Dr. Els who performed the post-mortem examination on Chanel in and Marna I would just like to go through the topics we spoke about on the trial during episode 1, 2 and 3. You know, a recap moment to give those of you an idea where to go back to, if, if there's something you missed or want to listen to again, and just because this is the finale. So, I'm going to start from episode 1. We, the topics were, who was Sharnal Haug and Marna Engelbrecht? You know, was Zander Belsma? What was the connection between Zander Belsma, Sharnal Haug and Marna Engelbrecht? What caused Zander to snap and murder the two girls? How was Zander able to get an entrance to the hostel? And without being noticed. We went through the three testimonies of the three witnesses called in by the state to testify against Sander Belsma, who were Brandon Victor, Anastasia Fisser, and Ronnie Hoch. We then went into what happened that day, how were they found, the two bodies who was Chris Saunders? Was called in, what he did, and why he was called in. And then, lastly, in the like I said earlier, the testimonies, oh not testimonies, sorry, confessions Zander made. So, with that being said, let's start with the post mortem. <laughs> Now, the testimony of Dr. Els, who was called in by the state to testify during the trial. So, the post-mortem examinations were conducted on the bodies of Chanel Och and Marna Engelbrach by Dr. Els, a forensic pathologist. He concluded that the cause of Chanel's death was asphyxiation due to strangulation and hanging. There was defensive type injuries present on the nail bits of Chanel's fingers. These injuries could have been caused when she tried to defend herself or an attempt to remove the rope from her neck. The evidence shows that Chanel was most probably strangled until she lost consciousness and thereafter the rope was placed around her neck and she was hanged over the railings of the staircase. According to Dr. Els, Charnal did not commit suicide, and he is convinced that she was strangled and thereafter hanged. The bruises on her body are consistent with her body being lowered over the railings when she was hanged, which also indicates the fact that she was not willing to be hanged. There were also other bruises on her body, as well as on her skull, which was as a result of blunt force trauma. Marna Engelbrecht's cause of death was asphyxiation due to ligature application. In Dr. Else's opinion, Marna was strangled with a strap because there was a 15mm wide braided strip of ligature mark on the left side of her neck. There were also bruises on her skull as a re- result of blunt force trauma. Furthermore, there were also scratches found on one of her knees, but this is because she was found in a kneeling position. According to Dr. Els, Marna also did not commit suicide. So like as we discussed in the previous episode, Marna Engelbrach's body was found in the bathroom and also as we heard Zander said, he used a strap from a handbag to strangle her. So this fits perfectly up with Dr. Els's testimony um, as well as the fact that he Zander strangled Chanel from behind until she lost consciousness before putting the rope around you Nick know, and pushing over the railings. I mean, she was still alive when he did that and everything adds up perfectly I have to say. Now with that out of the way we're going to get into Zander's new version of events. Because yes, he couldn't just stick with the facts. And not only did he confess, and not only does all the evidence point to him, he still had to go and try it. So, that's up next. So, as the trial progressed, Zander would go on to change his version of events. What happened that night? And this is his testimony. Zander testified that he and Chanel were previously in a love relationship, but that this relationship was terminated at some stage. But they then reconciled during the evening of the 23rd of May, 2018. He phoned Chanel and they talked for quite a while. And that's when it was agreed that he would visit her, Friday evening of the 25th of May 2018. Shanau then told Zander that Brandon Victor was also interested in having a relationship with her, to which he replied and said that he would talk to Brandon. When he arrived at Stella, School, Stella High School, in front of the girls' hostel in the early morning hours of the 26th of May 2018, he phoned Charnel in order to come and meet him, but the phone call cut, so he had to phone again. Charnal then came out and joined him in his vehicle. They then chatted before ultimately ending up being intimate with each other. And later on, she went back into the hostel, and he drove off from Stala to Freiburg. While he was driving, he phoned Charnel to ask her if she was happy now that they have reconciled. But the phone line was cut off, so he had to phone again. He then drove past Freiberg to Camille a farm just outside of Freiburg, where his mother worked and lived. He then stopped outside the gate to have a smoke, listen to some music and drink a cool drink before seeing a Volvo truck emerging from the trees. That's when he decided to go into the farm and then his mother's house before ultimately going to sleep. Later that morning, he woke up and drove to his father's farm in Lona. During the course of the morning, he received a phone call informing him that Chanel and Marna committed suicide. He was very emotional about this, so, by the time he arrived at his father's farm, he was in, a, in quite a state of shock, obviously. His father then asked him what was wrong, to which he replied by saying, Charnal and Marna committed suicide. He then wanted to go to Stala hostel, but his father refused, saying that he won't allow him to go there while he is in such an emotional state. So. That was now Zander's new version of events. Now as you probably pick up, there are so many inconsistencies in this. First of all, EMB saying no, they decided to reconcile now on the twenty-third, but she also Chanel told them that Brendan Victor was also interested in her. But we all know they were they have been dating for a while already, and everyone knew so error number one i'm just gonna go on the basics i'm not gonna go even deeper and nitpick because then we're gonna sit here for hours and i'm gonna i'm gonna lose it you know i can't control my temper that you know i'm not that, that that how do you say level of i don't know calmness whatever okay so that's the first one um so is he the reason he said, um, "Okay, the phone cut off," is an excuse to why there were so many missed calls on Chanel's phone you know, before they found. And okay, so he parked outside. She came down, and they had. They were intimate. That didn't come up in the post mortem, which it would have. Nope, there was no. Evidence that that ever happened. Uh, also, you know how he said he on his way to his father's farm, um, he got a call saying that Charnal and Marna committed suicide. That is why he was in such a state. Now if we go back to his confession and the tapes the tape actually um of that Chris Saunders took the recording. We learned that Zander only said that Charnel committed suicide. Never that Marna committed suicide because apparently he didn't know yet. So now all of a sudden he knew about both of them. I mean, come on, how obvious can you get? And the reason why he mentioned seeing a Volvo, if you thought that was like a weird thing to say, it's because a truck did notice him. person unattracted notice him that night so you had to know put that in there to try and cover him cover his ass basically now now that we've gone through his new version of events let's get into why well his reasoning of for changing it So, when I say like why Sunder Bells might change the story, it's actually two whys or reasons. First one is just one is obviously he doesn't want to go to jail. I think he, during the trial, he, he slowly started realizing the gravity of what he's done. I know, how can you not realize he just murdered someone? But I think it's just it's like he is so used to getting away with everything and getting his way. I mean, he was raised like that that he didn't think it through. And when it finally hit him, it's like, oh hell. Okay, I need to think of something to get out of jail, you know, not to go to jail. Now, the second one is like, when the court asked him, why the change, what's the reason, why he has now a different story than the previous one. Now, his reasoning is, okay, claimed. This is what he claimed. The first one is that Chris Saunders, um, the private detective who recorded I don't think, threatened him um, and his family as well as forced him into confessing which that's why he, he made a false confession as said then when they asked when the court asked him then why about what about Colonel Cochlan and his seven-page written confession he said no he was not in the right mind on state and he was drunk which I don't know where that came in. Um, so, and that he was fearing for his life. And that he was not ready to his rights and everything. That is, let's call it, it's bullshit. I mean, in the previous episode, I told you, I, might, I, I actually mainly focused, I that guy, with the fact that Colonel Cochran asked read him his rights, all 30 pages. And asked him more than once because he wanted to know his lawyer and his parents and he denied it and he was of sound mind. Also the other police officers he talked to in between went on to testify that Zander Balsma was of sound mind and there was no threat, nothing. Same when they asked him why was going longer. He had the same excuse and I mean the the state I can say crushed him because it didn't add up that's why the recording of him confessing to Colonel Arthur Chris Saunders was not used in court as evidence in since he confessed, but was used as a sign or a way to show that no Zander was not threatened no Zander was not intoxicated of anything. Zander was in sound of sound mind Zander was giving information willingly, and also the state Zander was in during this. So that is what that recording was used for during trial. So his reasoning was obviously it didn't take much because he straight up lied. And Colonel Cochlin, Colonel Langer and Chris Saunders could back it up with facts. That's why they were brought in to testify as well. again during the trial, and not to mention, I mean, the testimony of Anastasia Visser, the fact that Zander told her what he was going to do, and that it perfectly matched, you know, the end result, confession. You no, know, Anastasia Visser from episode two, that woman, who would rather watch her TV show than actually pick up a phone and warn a friend that there's a crazy man out, out to me. I'm gonna say it, I know you not supposed to say it. But I use that word loosely, not in like obviously he has not been um I say diagnosed with individuals, but I was just in, in the head of the moment situation. But I mean no warning. Um, same as we heard what Brendan Victor said during his confession, oh, confession testimony and Ronnie Auch Zander's news story didn't match up with any of the evidence at all. As well as they uh, did a tracking on his phone and the towers pinged at the times with the original confession and it was believed happened. So, oh, and like the judge said, Zander has been found not to be a reliable witness. Unlike everyone freaking else. So with that, one way, let's get some of the things that happened, you know, bits and like odd ends during the trial that just took place. Because um, what's now, all that's now is left is the court found Zander Bailsma guilty of the murder of Charnal Hoch and Marna Engelbrach. Which, hell yes, I'm sorry if you hear that now, that is my cat Minion, and I think she is just, she's just as happy as me, you know. Yes, Zander deserved to be found guilty. There was no way of him lying himself out of this. So, a little, I'm gonna, before I go into how long he was sentenced, just some added extra facts what happened during the trial, you know. trial started I mean Sander obviously had to get an attorney yeah no thing obviously now Sander's first attorney actually would go on to withdraw himself from the case completely at first he wouldn't say why he kept quiet for a while until later on he would go on to state that it, it was due to conflict of interest now because okay I actually know the people personally, hence why I chose this to be my first series. Um, I have family that stays in Freiburg and also knows the family, and you know, it's small towns, everyone knows everything. This is again allegedly as it's on essay, said, so, like the lawyer, the attorney actually knew some of the family, and when he learned. I mean, when the evidence came out, I mean, it was obvious that Zander did it, but I mean, as an attorney, you can't state that, 100% fact, obviously, what they say behind doors, but basically, you knew that it was, I'm not, I am don't want to say it, you, you guys can understand what I'm saying, I don't want to come out by saying anything later here, but she said it, Um and he wouldn't stand he he didn't want to um represent a murderer just put like in that context another thing zander during his obviously he wasn't before his bail hearing he was in jail well and he made a few friends and he would go on well, the guy would later one of the people you made friends with um in the jail would go on to state that zander actually confessed him saying that he did commit these murders and he said like he's in trouble he needs a way how to get out of this and everything and this person who was unnamed told him of there's a specific judge they need to get, which is easy to, which is very corrupt and easy to bribe. Now, that doesn't come as a surprise as this is South Africa, and basically, corruption and bribing is like part of our, I don't know, motto. Now, Janda would go on to write letters, and I mean, um okay, it was not Afrikaans, because I do have copies of some of the letters, and as someone who has dyslexia, even I went like that's horribly spelled uh, but hey who am i to judge i'm just nitpicking because he's a murderer but the letters came out where he asked you know like if you love me you will give me money and you will make sure get the money and make sure that that is the person that will be there during his bail sentencing um and bribe the, the judge so he can be released on bail and that he can use more money they should send him even more to run away and go to botswana i don't know why he picked botswana but he wanted to go to botswana so for someone they tried to portray in a way that he didn't know you know and then he was forced they threatened his family and him you know that's why he had to confess someone like that to be like okay can you can you bribe can you bribe these people i want to go to Botswana run away he even said like i promise i'll make contact with you guys in five years again something later i mean, really that was before his um bail application obviously bail was denied because that came out and well yeah no. now his father Monty as you heard like in previous episode and Episode before that. Monty stated and it was on the recording and said that if his son, you know, when Chris Hollander asked him if he did this and he said he doesn't know, but if his son did commit this crime, then he must be punished. If not, then not so. You know, as Monty was police officer for eleven years. Now, Montage went on to change his mind as evidence during the trial. The evidence would come. I mean, it's up. Ob- no, his son is innocent and he would fight. But I get that. He would fight for your child. But he became so bitter. He... Okay, first of all, Monty would actually go on to sell his farm. He lost everything during this. This is also I got from the fact that, you know, personally... I have personal connections to this, but um, Monty actually lost everything. That itself, I understand. That is sad. I mean, you want to be there for your child either way. But during the beginning of the trial, there was actually every time there was a court hearing, like date, you know, families of the victims and Monty would get together, you know, support each other. Mm-mm. Monty changed, he would go on slapping people, um, he's visible, he slapped one of the ju- um, one of the prosecutors for the state, I mean, media representative, he threatened, he became a monster, like, he threatened Chris Saunders, he's gonna take him out, even on the freaking day that Dunder was found guilty, Monty did that for someone that was quiet, never wanted to talk to the media. He sure as hell made sure that he would make himself heard. Um, He really became a bitter person, blaming everyone, believing his son didn't do this at all, and becoming just. I don't know maybe it's 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 I know obviously this can't be easy on a person realizing your son is a murderer, but it's not no one else's fault. You still be going on if, every time I try to like think I've got all the facts, new story breaks. Monty threatens someone else or hit someone else, it's getting out of hand during the trial. Um, when he was found guilty. They even brought it up afterwards, stating that he literally, that morning, confronted them, um, some of the state um, prosecutors, and threatened them. But they will not press charges, they just want the court to know. I mean, damn. When Zander was found guilty, it was sitting like, that whole trial, even in between, you know, that man never had much of a facial expression, nothing. But during that time when the judge spoke of uh, everything, he was just sitting, he had like a look of like nothing. Na- like. I don't even know how to explain it. But there was nothing, you know. You can I've always said how oh, do you know you can't see it in someone's face, you know, guilty or whatnot. No. But during that whole time, even when he was found guilty, like nothing. Actually, when the judge said he's been found guilty, that's only a little bit of, how can you say, um, motion you saw in his face, but it's more like a sense like, oh gosh, now I'm guilty. I thought they would believe my story. Um, So, all of that, his mother, obviously she's always been there stating that he never did it, they try and blame it on Vic- Brendan Victor, by the way. The parents think it's Brandon Victor. How they came up with that, I don't know. It's maybe, I don't, how you say, ignorance, refusing to believe the obvious, that it's in your face, it's there, but nope. So, the sentencing, that's next. Okay, Zander's sentencing. First of all, just like to add that South Africa doesn't have a jury system, and um, I've always been like jealous of countries that do have because I've always wanted to be on a jury system. Like he's guilty or not guilty, but anyway, let's side note. Now, at Zander's sentencing, judge. The judge was Judge Ronald Hendricks now before they went into deliberation he made a few statements and I'm just gonna go through what he's what he said and this is his quotes his words actually this could be a stumbling block in your realization of what lifelong suffering you have inflicted on the victims families The dreams of the murdered girl's parents were shattered by someone who sees nothing wrong with what he did. The void of their children's death will never be filled. They will never see their children again. Two young girls lost their lives. That makes these murders more aggravating. The fact that the girls were so young. Your actions were disgusting. You showed no respect for them. There is a strong voice from society that gender-based violence... Should be stopped the only way to stop this is to impose a heavy sentence, according to the law, minimum sentence are prescribed for premeditated murder. it is life imprisonment, unless there are compelling or material circumstances that justify a lesser sentence. Your lawyer argued you were young, a first time offender, and emotionally immature, and that these were material circumstances. Hendricks then said before deliberation his final words is, the court should take into account that Zander had been found guilty of serious crimes. So they went in for deliberation and when they came back, Zander was sentenced to two life in prison. And I it makes a hundred percent. I mean each one life sentence for each victim. One for Marna Engelbrecht and one for charnel Hoch. I mean if you look at Zander's argued defense, you know, against what his circumstance, material circumstances were, the fact that he young, a first-time offender, emotionally immature. I mean, no, that's not enough. That is not enough. So, two life sentences, two terms. And this is something I know they have to do it, but I just find it silly. The court also declared him unfit to possess a firearm in terms of Section 103 of the Firearm Control Act. Now, I know this is by law. Everything makes sense. But for me, it's like, okay, he's serving two two life terms. He doesn't need a... uh, uh, a firearm license, anyway, it has to be like should come as natural, you know. Obviously, he shouldn't have one, but yeah, he's everyone else took it obviously great, you know. Everyone's happy except Sander's mother and father. They didn't take it great well at all. His mother would go on to say that she they will fight, they will appeal this. father as well, Um, not that he speaks a lot to the press, I don't know how, he doesn't have anything left, I mean money wise, you know community wise, none of them, I mean, but they will appeal to the end, they will fight till the end, I know, that is a losing battle, but let them do what they want, I guess, so i've reached the end of the zander Belsma or the Stella trial took me long enough um so let me take a quick a quick break and come back with some more you know thoughts on this not well, just thoughts so we've reached the end of my first True Crime series, finally, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I did. <laughs> and please, let me know what you think. Any thoughts? And if you have anything to say, and any theories, anything about this, let me know on uh, um, platforms you listen to, comment if you can, or on my Instagram, feel free, please let me know. I would love to hear you guys' thoughts and opinions, as well as if, you have, if there's anything you want to know more about, um, even if you have criticism, because I'm still learning and growing, I honestly can't believe I've finally made it through the first series. I would, I'm planning on doing more, much more. <laughs> I mean, South Africa, crime, there's definitely not a lack of. So, not just my in-between episodes, more serious ones. I've already got three I know for fact I'm doing. Um, Planned next. And let me tell you, it just gets wilder so i would love you know put it more quicker and better quality and improve as i go and if you would like to help me improve you know put up more content please feel free or if you want to support me with listener support there will be a link on my Instagram page, on my Linktree for listen support, or on all platforms where you listen in each of the descriptions, there should be a link. With that out of the way, I still can't believe oh, I've finally done it. But there's a few people that would like to thank because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have been here. Yeah. I would First I would like to thank you, Vancouver True Crime, uh, he, it's, he has a podcast, Vancouver True Crime, as well as a page on Instagram. I will leave the links of each person in my description. Uh, he inspired me to actually think of going as far as, wow, doing podcasts, maybe... Something I can do. Because I never ever ever thought I can do this. Not with my voice or accent obviously. Then I'd like to say. Give a shout out to Debbie. Also has a podcast. The Right Shoe. An Instagram page. I will leave a link. For supporting me. And next. A very good friend of mine. Who has been. Great supporter and just smile on my face, helping me through every way is Shawea. She also has a page, Instagram page, abnormal height spot. I will leave a link in the below and the description. Then lastly, my best friend and person I could not have done this without. Sometimes I wonder if I could breathe without though, because I feel like I needed to breathe as well. That is Gisela K. Was it not for her? This wouldn't have done been done. She's there when I tell her, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't. What? What now? She's been supporting me every step, helping me with everything. So to her, thank you. And this whole series is dedicated to her. So thank you, Gisela. She also has a podcast, Grizzly Books. She's also a crime writer, well, an author. She's already got two books out. She's now currently working on a third book. And she has a Grizzly Books page is on Instagram. I will link her. She has more than one page. So I'll leave a link of them all in the description. Uh, please go look, check her out, supporter. Definitely go check out her books; it's worth it. The first one is Jeffrey Dahmer, the Milwaukee Monster. The second one is Ted Bundy, the Campus Killer. So, and it's available on. You can get it ebook. You get a hard can order hard copy. You can even get it. Um, can just plain download, read it know you don't have to order the book itself in the mail she has she has it covered and I mean she covers it in a podcast as well and it's a must and I so badly want to say which finish she's working on now but I don't want to give it away but thank you Kisla thank you to everyone else and thank you to my listeners you guys are... no I wouldn't sleep It means so much. I can't even thank you. I want to go into that horrible Aussie speech. Thank you. You really like me. You really, really like me. But thank you. And remember, you guys are legendary. And stay safe. Ta-da.